Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. When you are where we're at in the last two games, you play through matchups. You play through how guys are playing. You play through how coaches are coaching, myself. By week six, week seven, you say, okay, now we know who we are. Now let's go ball out. Let's go play. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. What time is it? I know that what we've done the last two weeks, unfortunately, is not us. Trubisky to the end zone, and it's going to be picked off. It's Adrian Amos who comes back to haunt his old team. We can't keep doing that, but I like that we're going through some adversity right now. I like that we got the win. And the kick by Pinheiro. It's good, and the Bears win it. It's making us mentally tougher, and I think we're learning from that. With WGN's Adam Hogue. You're not going to fall for a banana and a tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana and the tailpipe. And from The Athletic, Adam Johns. It should be more natural, brother. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. T-minus 10 seconds. Here they are. Wow, wow, wow. The Adams. Unfreaking believable. Hogan Johns. And there's the dynamite. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns. Ready for some Monday Night Football. Are you really? It's like four or five days away, it feels like. I don't, I don't like Monday Night Football games. It makes the week feel longer. It does. And then next week is going to be super weak. Yes, yes, yes. But still not a noon game. A 325 against the Vikings. Yes. What an off. Just a different schedule. Isn't it weird for us? Yes. We, I mean, really, the entire, basically the entire time we have covered this team. We have been used to mostly noon games, <laughs> and then every once in a while, you know, yeah. like because they've stunk. Yeah, and then like th- maybe three night games. Now last year they threw in more night games because they got flexed a couple times, but basically the other games were still noon. The really the changeup this year is all the afternoon, the late afternoon games. So we had a Thursday nighter. We had. Uh what was last week? I'm already forgetting last week. Right? Uh, it was a late afternoon. Late afternoon but in Denver. Yeah. So which is different for us, different for the team, different for fans. Mm-hmm. Now we have Monday night, then we have a 325 on a Sunday, and then we're going to London. The, the biggest curveball will be the 325 games at home. Yes. That had not, I, I want to say. There's not many. I remember Packers week 17, 2013. The game that came down to the, the, the Chris Conney game. Yes, that was a oof. that was a late afternoon oof, game. Oof, oof. Yes, it was. I, otherwise, I could like really cannot remember. That's right because that highlight of him blowing his coverage. It was dark. Well, it was dark. It's also winter that time, but yes, yeah, it yeah. was December. It was December. But if it was noon, it would not be dark. <laughs> that's <laughs> saying, yeah, that's touche. Uh, touche. Science. Yes, that science. Science. Yes, for you. yes. The world <laughs> evolves. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of that, it's pretty depressing that the sun is setting before 7 o'clock now, yeah, all of a sudden. There, but there. football gets us through this time of year. I actually don't mind the fall. It's once football ends and we have those three awful months of Chicago winter with no football. Yeah, it was 85 yesterday here. Whew. Yeah, fall is not quite here yet. I'm fine friend. with that. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Welcome in, Hogan Johns, episode 257, as we preview the Bears and Redskins Monday night in Washington, uh, wherever the hell they play. Landover, Maryland is yeah. the exact town, mm-hmm. I, I believe. They apparently hate that stadium out there. It's not that old. 
and it's not located in a convenient place. Was it Ben Standick who was telling us last week they've actually consistently removed seats from that stadium because they can't consistently fill it? Your your days are just massively screwed up right now. Yes, oh yeah. That was two days ago. Two days ago. And that was actually Kevin Fishbane referencing <laughs> something from the Bill Simmons podcast. <laughs> but you were, you, Fishman. you were close. Telling you, I need Sunday games at noon. <laughs> need Sunday games at noon to keep my sanity. Uh, all right. Well, we will uh, we'll pick the games coming up here, and uh, you know, there's some good games in the NFL. We'll break this one down. We got a bunch of Bears conversation coming up. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H O G E at Adam Johns, J A H N S. You can read us at wgnradio.com slash Bears. The Athletic, the Athletic app. Such a good app. I was looking at it this morning. Some good stuff you guys Logan got. Logan Johns podcast right at the top of the Bears page. It's really, I, I have to say, I've been very encouraged by the lack of complaining of, from, from listeners that I, I wouldn't blame them for being annoyed. Like, oh, I got to listen to one episode on one app, the next on the other app. But the athletic app is so good, and the podcast player is so good. It's not really it's that easy. big of a problem. Yeah, yeah, just open a different app. Everybody's on their phone anyway. It's not yeah, that hard. It's, it's real, and so I think that's a testament to both our, uh, our listeners who are cool and uh, The Athletic for their sweet app that they do have. Um, we'll hear from Joey JoJo coming up here in our picks segment. See, I got this friend named Joey JoJo <laughs> Jr. Shabadoo. That's the worst name I ever heard. Oh, no. Hi, Joey JoJo! There's one college game where I'm just going to stay out of the way. I'm just from the announce. Call me a Welch. Oh, there he is! There he is. Yes, uh, there's a college game this week. I, I'm just gonna let you guys go. Just go at it. Go at it. See, I, I'm a little upset. Joe got here, so so we have a new sneaky, sneaky. We have a new podcast, setup this year. I don't mind going in behind you know behind the scenes here. We have a new setup this year so that we can actually start earlier. Joe, of course, is the amazing producer of the Steve Cochran Show. So there's a little bit of a time. Uh, you know, overlap here. And I'm, I was just going to get all my crap talking about Michigan out of the way before you got here, Joe, but now you're here, so I can't. I could smell that from a mile away. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he could already feel it. He's like, oh, it's Wisconsin week. Yes. I got to get in the studio faster. Yes. He's been preparing two days for this. Probably. Just, just have to do it. Um, all right. Should we dive into some uh, that? Well, that's a good tease for later on. Sounds like Johns is actually excited for the college picks this week. A little bit. I like it. A little bit. He just likes we're, it. We're just to see you guys being yeah, there. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So uh, before we get to that, there is uh, plenty of Bears conversation to get to. Um, the biggest thing that has stood out to me the last couple of days, one thing Matt Nagy said, I think it was earlier in the week, it's a lot easier to teach after a win than a loss. And you go on this roller coaster of emotions in the NFL season, and it's always better after. Don't say crisis or carnival. We we no, no. use that too much. John Fox is just in our head still. <laughs> he is. I, you know what's funny of all the John Fox Fox stuff we have? Uh, I, I've never put that one in the board. No. Yeah. You know, I'm not an office coordinator. I'm not a defense coordinator. I'm not a special teams coordinator. But I coordinate all three. He does. He does. Um, Mitch talked yesterday. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, confidence—I uh, don't know if it's the confidence, but the uh, his attitude seemed a little bit 
better this week. It's good. I hate. I hate analyzing. I know. We're, we're, I really we, do. We, we've, but we're, we're we're in Jay Cutler territory now. But he was definitely peppier. Let's put it that way. Okay. I don't, I don't know how else to put it. He's got some pep in his step. Here, here, you be the judge. Here's some uh, Mitch Trubisky from yesterday at House Hall. It's good. It's good. Uh, you just got to believe like this week is going to be the week. So we haven't been executing the way we want to. There's definitely some things that we're missing on film, but we're coming together and uh, we're correcting them. And, and the most important thing to me is that my guys still believe in me. I believe in myself, and that and that we're we're one unit. We're together. We're sticking together. And uh, we're going to do what we got to do to correct it. And we got to believe that like this offense can explode at, at any minute because of the playmakers and the special guys we have in the locker room. So we just got to keep believing that, believe in the plan, uh, have a great week of practice, and then go out there and execute it on game day. That's most important. So it's it's great to ha- have great practices during the week, but you got to make sure you're performing on uh, on game day and, and making those plays for your team. So uh, I'm, I'm feeling good about where we're at, and you just got to believe that like this is the week and you know, we can go on from there. So to continue with the psychoanalysis of the Bears quarterback, he's talking faster again. Yes, he is. Which is is good, Mm -hmm. I guess. I I don't want to make too much out of it. I I know some people roll their eyes right now listening to this, but his demeanor, you mentioned attitude's a good word. It's different from the last week, different from the post game from the Packers. It's Mitch, he's back, I guess, in a sense. Yeah, man, who wants to get tackled? That was from his first training camp, I believe. He's back? I don't want to say he's so, back, so but, he, but like his... 350 and uh, three touchdowns on Monday? He's, he's, well, what do you think he's going to do against the... The Redskins defense is not good. Yes. Not good whatsoever. I don't, I don't know that it's as bad as the numbers say, though. Okay. Is it interesting... Um, yeah, great preparation by me. I don't have my notes out in front of me. Um, interesting thing as I went through both games that they've played so far... They have not allowed any points in the first quarter. So as bad as their defense... Well, so it, it says one thing. like They've actually gotten out to decent starts in their games defensively, but then they've been god-awful the rest of the way. Here's Dallas's last five drives against the Redskins. Okay, so this was after... Their, their first points allowed in week one against the Eagles didn't come until 419 left in the second quarter. So well into the second quarter against Dallas... Cowboys did not score until 6-10 left in the second quarter. So Washington's been good early on in games and into the second quarter. But then listen to this. The Cowboys' last five drives of the game, and the sequence starts starts with 944 left in the second quarter. Okay. So it's like the rest so starting early in the second quarter, they only had five drives the rest of the game. The Cowboys did. 97 yards, touchdown. 83 yards. Touchdown. 75 yards. Touchdown. 68 yards. Field goal. 54 yards. Touchdown. They had one more drive actually after that, but that was when they kneeled down to end the game. So it doesn't really. Doesn't count. Yeah. Okay. So touchdown, 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 field goal, touchdown, win the game. Pretty good. That's from the early second quarter on. So it works. Washington. Boy, they'll kill you in the first quarter. You will not score on them. They are a brick wall. <laughs> and then start that second quarter it's up. Crumbling, baby. And we're, we're talking about Mitch Trubisky, six touchdowns against the Bucks. Ooh. Just kidding. I'm not, I'm not predicting that. But, you know, it, it's been an interesting road for these Redskins so far. I, I'm curious. As you watch Dak Prescott operate, and I think, look, for I, I've criticized him in the past. He is, a, he is a good, almost great quarterback now. What he does now works for him. The Cowboys have to pay that man. 
when you watch them, do you ever just wonder, because I saw some of that game, like, don't you think the Bears should just use some more traditional play action? Maybe they could help Trubisky see the field a bit better. It limits his reads to maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to see the entire field. Prescott has made himself a very successful quarterback through play action. There's been a lot of great quarterbacks that have used play action. John Elway comes to mind. Yeah. Just, just you know, what are your thoughts as you're watching that game and what maybe the Bears can learn from the Cowboys' success? I saw this tweet from Matt Bowen yesterday. We love Matt, friend and guest of the podcast. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott on play action throws this season. 22 of 24 for 318 yards and four touchdowns. It's good. That's insane. That's really good, I think. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Look, and I know we talked about this yesterday as we walked away from practice. Like, RPOs technically count as play action. But we're talking but this about is a, different. This it, is traditional. Well, it's a different offense. Yes, different. But it doesn't mean that we've seen the Bears run this before. We have. They just don't do it a lot. Well, it, it speaks to if the Bears, and this would be a good week to do it. Play action boots? Come on. Because if the Bears are going to, here's what I'd like to see. Look, I, I made this very clear last week. I thought, and they did what I wanted them to do, which was just run the ball, commit to the run, whether it's working or not. Just do it. Just see what happens. And they wore the Broncos down, and they found success in the third quarter finally with some big runs. So now you've you saw some play action boot against the Broncos. Go on. Yes. So now you've established that. It's still not looking great. What was Montgomery's yardage per carry? It's still like 3.3 or something. Wasn't phenomenal. Yeah. Body blows. But I'd like to see that approach again. Yeah. I'd still like to, to commit to the run early. You're seeing right here, you do not have to score against Washington in the first quarter to still win the game. Same thing, body blows. Establish that run. Then, to your point, yes, it doesn't always have to be an RPO or a zone read to count as a play action. Like, put Mitch under center. Yeah. Fake the handoff. Good old-fashioned handoff. You know, get those linemen, or linebackers biting a bit. But again, over the top. But again, this gets back to what we talked about Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever the hell day it was. Mitch has to make the throw then. That's like if fine. you're going to take the shot off of the play That's action, yeah. you got to make like, the it's throw. It's like it's like the Taylor Gabriel play. Yeah. Sometimes they require in play adjustments, a little bit more velocity, back shoulder balls, whatever. That's fine. I just think it's always history is shown. Play action helps quarterbacks, especially young ones, get into a rhythm. Well, and that's why a lot of great ones have made careers off of play action. But and that's why Nagy goes to the RPOs. Yeah, but it's a different. We're talking about a different. Yeah, yeah. It's it's in the Bears' offense. Nagy's not as rigid. Like his offense is very diverse, very multifaceted. He just grabs things from a lot of different philosophies. I know why he likes RPOs. Mark Helfrich is specifically here because of his RPO genius coming from Oregon. But I just think it would help Trubisky. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. Um, Look, there are holes in this Washington defense. There are injuries. You know, the Redskins had 24 guys on IR last year. That led the NFL. I mean, they're going through kind of what the Bears were going through under under John Fox. You know, they, they... And they're still having problems. I mean, right now, first of all, they... Took that big chance on Reuben Foster in the offseason. Uh, well, I guess that was actually last year when they acquired him, but he tore his ACL in May, which is why you got this combination of John Bostic and. Whoa! Yeah. 
Sean Dion Hamilton is a decent player out of Alabama. This rookie Cole Holcomb out of North Carolina who's played a lot more. He's a fifth-round pick. He's on the field all the time. Um, so they're kind of mixing and matching there at inside linebacker. Uh, they don't ha- really have anybody special there. Jonathan Allen is a great defensive lineman. He's hurt. He hurt his knee back in week one. Did not practice yesterday, so that's not looking good for him. Um, so they're, they've are they been banged up. they got some other guys, too. Uh, of course, on offense, Jordan Reed's been dealing with a concussion since the preseason. You go mm-hmm. back to whether or not you play your starters in the preseason. He hasn't played since the third preseason game. Uh that right tackle, when we switch the conversation to the defensive side of the ball, but Morgan Moses, he's been terrible. Yeah, it's, and it's not a good roster. And he's got a knee injury. Um, it's not a great roster, exactly. So I do think this is a big week for the offense specifically. I think this is... Um, I think the entire offense, we talk about Trubisky's confidence, the entire offense could use a confidence-building game. Yesterday, I asked Trey Burton about how they went through this last year and they broke out of it. And he pointed to that that Cardinals game, which he said was week two. It was actually week three. Um, but they were trailing in that game. They came back. They were down two scores. Early they were down 14 nothing. Yeah. It, it wasn't a pretty win by any means, but they were on the road. They pulled it out. And then, wasn't the Buccaneers game the next week? Yeah. You know the score of that Cardinals win? 16-14. to What was the score of that Broncos win last week? 16-14. to Ooh. Wow. The synergy. So the only difference is that we're talking about a week difference. Difference. Yes. But it's still early on season. Very similar, poor offensive starts. And you're coming off a road win against a not a great team. The Cardinals were garbage last year. Yeah. Um, and now you got a defense that you should be able to throw the ball on, I think. Yeah. I, I think the interesting thing about this game is you have two very different Trubisky trends, two very different Trubisky statistics. He's not very good in nationally televised games. That yep. includes the Eagles game, even though he was better in the second half of the, that, that playoff loss. But he's great at beating up on bad teams. Great. Like last year, his best games were against what? The, the the Buccaneers, you mentioned them. You mentioned the Lions. Just just bad teams, non-playoff teams. He beats up on them, especially ones that are statistically bad against the pass, just like the Redskins are this year after two games. Now, it's only two games, but I think certain trends are starting to emerge. This Washington team, if you want to go back to the first statistic about Trubisky being bad on nationally televised games, is by far the worst team he's ever faced on such a stage. Think of that. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Now, like, it's not even close. No, that's fair. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not even close. There, there isn't a team like him. Like last year was what? The, 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 the Rams. Right? You had the Vikings. Right. You had the Eagles. This Washington team, like we just said, not a very good roster, is not those teams. No. So which stat, I, I, I see him having, I don't, I don't know if he's going to have a Tampa Bay-like game. Winning on the road is very difficult. He's not at home in this one. But I can see a very efficient, productive day for Trubisky. He's not going to blow them out of the water. But I think overall, offensively, this could just be a very good, consistent, productive day for everyone involved. I just want to know, I, I'm, I'm sure Nagy's thinking that same thing. I want to know how patient they could be in the first quarter. Yeah. Because I still think... 
I still think you come out, you commit to the run, you establish the run, and then you try to open it up from there. And this is the type of opponent that you you should be able to break out of that in the second quarter and beyond, as opposed to the Broncos, who are just, you know, much tougher on defense. And you kind of knew it was going to be a struggle from start to finish. Uh, But will they be able to resist that urge to take the shot early? Yeah. And I I think you would see... I I wouldn't be alarmed. I know some people will probably raise a bunch of red flags if you see uh, a more determined ground attack again. Oh, no, they don't trust Trubisky. No, you're on the road. You know, they got some good pass rushers that they may want to keep at bay. Ryan Kerrigan's a very good player. But I think there's going to be more shot plays as opposed to the Denver game. Is that fair to say? Like, there'll be more opportunities for Trubisky to stretch the field as opposed to the play calls he got in Denver. Uh, Are you familiar with the Redskins' primetime record as a team? It's not very good. Since 2008, Washington is 2-0. And 15 in primetime games. Some Kirk Cousins games in there, I think. 2 and 15. Uh, They have not uh, won a home Monday night football game since December of 2012. They've lost seven straight. Um,. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's pretty much it. They're, they're terrible. They're terrible on prime time. They're terrible on Monday night. Football. They're not a good team. They're even worse at home. Yeah, and then yeah, I mean, look at twenty nineteen. They're not a good team. Poor Jay Gruden knows he's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I mean, think it's, Case it's, Keenum's. You you mentioned he's fine. His numbers. I think they're a little misleading. There's he's only uh, there's, th- this team only has one giveaway so far this season. Case Keenum has been lucky. He has had a. A handful of passes that could have or should have been picked off. And I, uh, well, that might be a good time for this. Gold predictions. I think this is this turns into one of those games where the defense does a lot. Yeah. The, my, the only thing you can complain about right now with the defense is some of the big plays they've given up. On third down, like that was still an issue. I brought up those those conversions they allowed last week. Um, let's see where they, although they've actually been pretty good on third down so far this season, only allowing nineteen percent of conversions. That's third best in the league. Um, but they only have one takeaway. Yeah, the two games, the Kyle Fuller interception and the goal line. As I was watching Washington, I'm just like, they're going to pick off Case Keenum. They're okay. going to. They're not going to drop these interceptions. That one of the Cowboys DBs dropped one easily last yeah. week. Um, I think that they and the other thing is watching the Bears game. The Flacco was getting the, rid of the ball so quickly, and yet there were five or six snaps. Yeah, where Khalil Mack's hand was within an inch of the ball. Yeah, it's coming. Or or, or or Leonard Floyd's hand was within an inch. Of, I mean, they were so close. And so, if there's any extra hesitation. Which Case Keenum's not Joe Flacco. I, I think that's the, actual praise for Joe Flacco. Uh, it is, yeah, that is in a weird way. Uh, I so my, I think I'm gonna say three takeaways for the Bears. Oh, okay, okay. I was gonna say two. I, I was gonna say this is the breakout game. I, in my prediction for the Athletic, I think this is the multiple, 
the multi-interception, multi-takeaway game that the Bears defense has been looking for over the past couple weeks. And they've been close. They have been close. There's been a couple, even Aaron Rodgers had a couple close throws in the opener. Uh, I forget exactly what play it was against the Broncos, but there was one where I was completely convinced that Eddie Jackson baited Joe Flacco into a throw down the seam, and he just missed the interception. I think it's the one where he dove and maybe dinged his shoulder a little bit. So the plays are coming. The big plays are coming. Like you mentioned, the the Cleo Mack maybe sack strip coming. Leonard Floyd's been outstanding. We talked about him before the show a bit. It's coming. It's coming. Here's my... Well, let's be clear. It's a strip sack and not a sack strip. But I say I mean, sack strip. Strip sack. I mean, let's keep it clean here. Let's go. <laughs> Joe, nice to hear from you. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm always listening, bud. Come on. <laughs> well, clean that up. Clean that up. Holy Moses. Do your editing magic and flip my words if you can. No. I appreciate no, it. No, that's staying in there. No, yep. no, no. Okay, okay, fine. Golly. I, anyway, thank you, Dal. How are you doing in New York? So this is the game that the defense finally does something. Terry McLaurin, is that your guy? That's my guy. Okay, that's like their entire offense, I feel like. <laughs> they do have Adrian Peterson. It kind of says an Adrian Peterson circa. When did he come in? Like, yeah, he's not like, the same guy. No, and, no. And uh, Ben Standig, our guest the other day, kind of brought up a good point. It's kind of a tell when he's even back there. Yes, the the, the most notable thing I've seen from Adrian Peterson this season is, is him going on camera and saying that he wants to run over somebody from the Redskins front office. Did you see that clip? Yeah. No. Yes, that... Come on. It was like two days ago. Yes. He's Wait, joking. Adrian Peterson said that? Yes. Well, in jest. Oh. Doesn't sound like it's in jest. Yes. Well, I'm sure there's some more there. But like, that's the most notable thing I've heard or seen from Adrian Peterson. Did you Peterson get to a bold year. prediction yet? Here it is. Okay. Okay. Want to hit the button again? No. If you want Only to. once. Bold predictions. Trubisky pass rating over 100. I was going to go defense. But I think Trubisky. I don't think it's an electric game. It's kind of sad that that's a bold prediction. Well, it is. But it is. Compared to the first two weeks. Yeah. There you go. Joe, do you have one? I sure do. I got Mitchell Trubisky accounting for three total scores. At least three total scores. Wow. That's uh More bold than John C. What's up? Yeah, that... that well, was... have you seen the first two games, Joe? Okay, yes. Yes, you're very bold. Go bold or go home. So take that and think about that for a little bit. That's pretty good. All right. Predictions. Predictions. You want to go first? I want to say like 27-9. Oh, wow. You're going big. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you're going to have multiple takeaways, Bears will obviously have the ball, maybe a couple short fields. 27 points accounts for the three scores that Joe predicts. The Bears are the superior team. It could be close early. I don't see them moving the ball well or that much, except for the, the surprise Bust play that teams seem to get on the Bears defense every now and then, but I still think they they keep them out of the end zone. Maybe they get a couple field goals. 27-9 Bears. I'm not as bullish on the Bears putting up a ton of points still. Uh, Is 27 really, in this day and age, a lot of points, though? Well, I'm just... I, I, I agree, and I've obviously said it. I think the matchup here calls for the Bears to, to move the ball a little bit better. I just I don't think we can ignore the issues that they're having on their own, too. You know? It's fair. Um, so I, I personally do not expect this to be like 
the game last year against the Bucks. As much as we just made that comparison coming out of that Cardinals game going into the Bucks, I don't expect Mitch to be you know throwing for five touchdowns. How about in the a first defensive half. score if you got him getting three takeaways? Well, maybe, maybe. Um, I'm always hesitant to throw that in the prediction. I uh, I do think the Bears end up with two touchdowns out of this game, whether it's two offensive or one defensive in there. I, I just those other takeaways that I'm predicting. I just I'm still hesitant to say the Bears are going to cash in. They just have not been impressive enough in the red zone. Well, they haven't really been in the red zone. Yeah, <laughs> but um, even when they got down there last year, how many? T- I mean, I took six plays to get in from the five. You know what I mean? So. I'm still a little hesitant to say they're going to completely break out on offense. I'm going to say 20 to 10. Bears win. A couple of those takeaways just lead to field goals. They got to settle for field goals instead of touchdowns because I'm just, I, I, I need to see. I, the other bold prediction I wanted to make was that Anthony Miller scores a touchdown this week. Okay. He did have seven last year, and I'm really confused about why he's like not even in the offense. So maybe they get him involved, but I can't count on it. They need a lot of playmakers getting involved. That's what I mean. I, until it happens, I can't come out and say that they're going to put up a huge amount of points. Joe? Yeah, I think they come into this one super motivated. Obviously, they haven't played great, but to, to come off of a win in Denver, tough you know, to play in the elevation and have everybody just kind of down on them after a win, I think that kind of gets their gets them going. And Monday night, uh, like I said with the prediction, I, I see Mitchell Drabisky having a big game, and the Bears win 31-14. to 14. Wow. Ooh. All right. Ooh, okay. Well, I mean, we're pretty positive here. I'm the negative guy, and I got him winning by 10. You're Mr. 13 and 3. I don't think you could ever be called Mr. Negative. That's true. Still mathematically possible. Yes, it is. So. I was a math major. I wasn't, actually, but. His feet are ticklish, I hear. It's going to be sweet. <laughs> actually, my feet are very ticklish. It's gross. <laughs> it's going to be sweet when the Bears go 13 and 3. It's possible. I'm not saying. <laughs> we all thought they'd be good. Yeah. Uh, one thing we should mention before we move on to our other games, uh, Bilal Nichols, hand injury. Yes. Not good. Not ideal. He was at practice, though. Had his jersey on. Didn't do anything. Doesn't look like he's going to be an IR. We saw him walk to the locker room. That wasn't a hard guess. Unless it was underneath the protection. Yeah, material. but I think they're going to put a big club on it. when. That's fine. So It's not like Leonard Floyd's club. It's well. That's not. He didn't have his the club on when he was in the locker room. They they do that right before you go out on the. No, field. I always oh, understand. About that. Yes, I'm just talking about different players. You yeah. know, like I know hands are important for defensive linemen, but Leonard Floyd's also a guy who's got to play in space. He's got to set the edge. He's got to do some different things with his hands. I, look, they're very similar techniques. I get it, but different positions. It, it's yeah. hard to play yeah. on the line when your offense or defensive line without your hands. Correct. So this is a big injury. Yeah. It does not sound like he's going to play this week. If they're able to get a club on that hand and get him back. Now, they didn't. They did say he's not going to go on IR. They don't think he is. So that's certainly encouraging, but um, this is, I mean, it's still a thing. I, I'm wondering, I mean, do they do they promote a defensive lineman? I, I just Adola think Anderson yeah, come maybe, back on? maybe, maybe. I, I just think if there's any position for them to have an injury that they can handle, well, it's this position. They only have four D linemen right now. They're still, it's, it's it's still deep. Four is enough for a game. For three, okay, but you, you, I mean, when you're in your base, you have three of them out there. I know. How often are they in their base nowadays? 
still a decent amount. Yeah. They have one guy goes down. Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering if they, do they make a move on the back end of the roster just to get another body out there? Maybe, you know, wave JP Holtz. Yeah. That's fine. I but, don't know. but I, but in all, it's, it's my belief, this is probably their deepest position. The Roy Robertson Harris could probably handle a few more snaps. Nick Williams, we saw him get a sack against the Broncos. They're certainly capable reserves. Maybe Eddie Goldman gets more in sub. Goldman played his ass off the other day. Hurt. Yeah. That was yeah. impressive. Yeah, I get a big story in Eddie Goldman coming this week. Oh, really? Yes. Plug. Right. Check it out. Check I it saw out. a report that they had brought in some pass rushers. There it is. That's the um, new. Uh, I'm. I brought that in. That's our new bell sound. Anytime you guys plug something at the athletic. Okay, Ooh. check it out. Eddie Goldman's story coming this week. Get ready on those Tuesday ones, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they brought in Shane Ray and did, did you guys see anybody? No Spence. Did they bring any big big dudes in? Were there any defensive linemen that they were no, trying out? No, no, no. I, obviously, they're they're not happy with their pass rush. Depth. Those are two big names, by the way, or relatively speaking. Yeah. First rounder. Noah Spence was good in college. You know, I know he did leave Ohio State, but like it's, I know there's not exactly a lot of guys out there. You're not going to find Lawrence Taylor out there, Adam. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't say they would. Yeah, you just look like, uh, look, they, they got a. Uh, they're so good up front. They can do multiple things. They can have Khalil Mack line up on the D line if they really need them to. Um. I've been impressed by Aaron Lynch, to be honest. Yes. Yeah. You know what? Aaron Lynch is in in a perfect role where, you know, if he ever had to be the guy that's out there the whole game, I I don't think... No, he can't handle full workload. I I don't think you'd be as impressed. But for him to come off the bench and give you spurts when when another guy is tired uh, and you need to throw somebody out there, he's mid-making plays these first two weeks. So I agree. He's been good. All right, should we get to our other games? Let's do it. We tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Uh, They were unavailable for comment. Micah, back. Could you imagine if they actually got back? Now that is a story. I mean, I I tweeted this. I think that it's tremendous reporting. Relentless. Yes, yes. I mean, (laughs) you got to make the phone call. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. You got to make the phone call. Yeah, because yeah. like you said, what what if what if he picks up? Yeah, yeah, well, not that or a ghost. That's even the most. That'd be amazing. Yeah, siesta. You know, could have just been sleeping. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. True. I don't. That, True. That's amazing. I tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Uh, they were unavailable for comment. Yeah. I'm I'm searching frantically on Twitter right now. Did you read that, that there was another news clip? They came out. Let's see if I can find it real quickly. Here it is. Let me read you this story. All right. This is from the QMI agency. Missing woman mystery solved. A yes. Gr- <laughs> I saw this. A group of tourists spent hours Saturday night looking for a missing woman near Iceland's Elja Cannon, only to find her among the search party. The group was traveling through Iceland on a bus and a tour bus and stopped near a volcanic canyon. Soon there was word of a missing passenger. Like that's just like a dramatic line. Yeah, the woman who had changed clothes didn't recognize the description of herself and joined in the search. But the search was called off at, at about three a.m. when it became clear the missing woman was in fact accounted for and searching for herself. But aren't we all just searching for ourselves? Right. <laughs> Got lost my razor. Truth be told, my wife went in town all week, so I didn't have anybody getting on me about it. It's a. <laughs> It's a perfect clip to play for that. That's great. 
I love the news. That's good. That's yeah. good. Okay. Who, wait, who are we picking? <laughs> uh, this is the uh, the Broncos who are searching for themselves as well. Searching for a win, yes. Uh, at Green Bay. How about the Packers? Eight-point favorites. Yeah. Yeah, their defense might be good. Noon Sunday on Fox. Their secondary might be real good. Now, historically, Vic Fangio has had some success against Aaron Rodgers. Dates back to the, the San Francisco days. Again, I don't know if he has the, the full stable of horses to, to contend with Rodgers, but eight points is still a lot of eight points. And the, there's, real, go ahead. Real quick, because I did, uh, I just want to double, you know, you made fun of me last week for not getting you the games until the morning of. So these, I got to you two days ago, which you still didn't look at until the morning of. <laughs> but. I just want to make sure the odds are updated because these were t- from two days ago. Yeah. So, uh, Joe, I got this one more at like seven now or seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of gone yeah. up and down a little bit, but uh, that's actually what I was going to get to is they uh, they opened it at six and a half. So yeah. to see it bet through the the key numbers seems like a lot of people are on the Packers and I, I'm with them. I, I, I didn't see enough from the Broncos last week and playing at Lambeau is just a, is a clear home field advantage. I, I don't I, I understand your point about uh you know, Vic Fangio and the, against Aaron Rodgers, but I'm, I'm going to take the Packers here. Okay. Um, yeah, let's go with seven and a half as the official okay. spread. I'm going to take the Broncos. Yeah, me too. Um, I think that... Uh, just to cover. Uh, just to cover. Yeah, yeah I okay. think the Packers win the game. You look at that game last week against the Vikings, and I was pretty confident the Vikings were going to win, but Green Bay got out to a fast start and then did nothing the rest of the game. Obviously, there were some adjustments made by the Vikings, um, I I just think that this is a situation where the Broncos actually, if you read their quotes from the game on Sunday, it was a gut wrenching loss for them. Yeah, they were actually pretty happy with how they played and how they battled. Um, I think they're going to carry a little bit of momentum and desperation that they know they absolutely need to get a win. And I just. I'm not sold on the Packers' offense here. And so you look at that matchup. Fangio knows the Packers really well at this point. Um, it has had some success against Aaron Rodgers. I don't see that offense clicking a whole lot. I just I, I don't think there's enough points in this game for Green Bay to cover 7.5. Yeah. So that's why I'm going with the Broncos. The, the Broncos haven't had a sack this year. That's with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. That's crazy. Aaron Rodgers still improvises. He holds the ball, but they get to him. Yeah, well, the Bears had five sacks against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And I don't know how many the Vikings had last week, but um, yeah, I, I think they get after them. So uh, two of us on the Broncos, one on the Packers, and we'll move on. Let's pound the ball right up there. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. All right? Ooh. JG. That's John Gruden. Knock on wood if you're with me. Uh, the Raiders go to the Vikings. Noon Sunday on Fox. All these NFC North games, the other ones, are uh, noon Sunday on Fox. Let's make sure this uh, this one is up to nine. Wow. So I had it listed as eight. It is now up to nine. Opened at seven and a half. Vikings favored by nine over the Raiders. Ooh. The Vikings are going to win this, but I'll take the Raiders to cover. You think so? Yeah. 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 I know that's a very good defense they have in Minnesota still. Delvin Cook, Oof. great start to the season. Still nine points is a lot. It is a lot of points. I think the Vikings bounce back. Uh, they won comfortably at home against the Falcons in week one. 
sticking with kind of what I thought about Oakland before the season began, I don't think they're really good. I think week one was a little bit of a fluke over the Broncos. I think uh, maybe this is one that they're flirting with in the fourth quarter. I think the Vikings win comfortably, though. Joe? Yeah, I agree. Jay and John Gruden are going to be winless and coverless this weekend. So take that. Think about that. (laughs) What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. All right. The Lions are at the Eagles. This is a tough game. Big spreads this week, huh? Yeah. Um, And these aren't even the big ones. We don't even have the Cowboys and Patriots on. I know. I know. There's some crazy. I mean, New England's a 23-point favorite over the Jets. Yeah. And what's the Cowboys spread at now? Oh, Dallas 23 and a half over the Dolphins. Yeah. Boy, the NFC East. I was thinking about this the other day, not to get sidetracked, but it's not just that the Patriots are so good. Like, they have, Bill Belichick has totally mined effed that entire division. Yeah, he, he is. They got them all thinking so... Yeah. They're so desperate. They're always changing coaches. They're, they, they, none of them have a plan. It, that, that is part of the reason why the Patriots are just so dominant in that division. Yeah, he is routine, routinely he's stolen the souls of coaches and players and quarterbacks from that division. GMs from that division. Just just suck them. <laughs> Think about it. They just sent their defensive coordinator to Miami. Yeah. Brian Flores was the Patriots' defensive coordinator yeah. last winter when they won the Belichick Super Bowl. don't give a damn, no. The defense is better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Brian Flores has to be totally regretting that yes. right now. Yes, Just yes. a disaster. Yes. Josh Rosen is going to start for him this week. Oh, man. And, no, and none of them even have, like, an arrow up. I mean, granted, Darnold got hurt, but, I mean, they don't even look like they're on their way towards being decent. It's three really bad teams that have been bad for a long time. Like, dude, well, figure and, it out. And Buffalo, if you look at their schedule, it's actually a relatively easy road coming up here. I mean, it would not be shocking if Buffalo, I think, it sits at 6-2 and two even. Yeah. And ends up, but they're going to finish 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. Yeah. Maybe squeak in as a wild card like they, did, yes. like they did a couple years ago. But they're not a threat. Put it this way: Are they going to beat the Patriots in no. either game they play against? It? No, no, they're not going to beat the Patriots. No. So it, yeah, it's just a disaster, disaster in that division. All right, uh, here anyway, <laughs> NFC North: the Lions at the Eagles, and um, what did I say this is at now? Seven. It moved again. Um, I don't know. I'm having I'm having issues here finding his games for some. Yeah, most of them are at uh, around six, five and a half, six. Yeah, it's down to six. Yeah. I'll take the Eagles. Um, they're banged up, though. Deshaun Jackson, I hear, is out. Dallas Goddard, their backup tight end, is out. Alshon Jeffrey, believe this or not, Adam, is hurt. Really? Yes. And I believe it's a calf strain. Oh. Huh. 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 A calf I never had that here. Um, I joke. He's a Super Bowl champion. Um, yeah. You know, the Eagles haven't been ex- exactly on fire or, or amazing this year, have they? Carson Wentz has had some well, they look, moments, yeah. They look great in the second half against Washington. That's fine. Well, apparently that's the trend. Yeah. Give I, me the Eagles. Though. I don't feel great about this, but yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles too. I think um, what the Lions did to the Chargers last week won't happen on the road, so I'm going to take Philly. Yeah, the Eagles do a much better job against NIU grad uh, Kenny Galladay, and they cover the five and a half, six. Buy me some peanuts and crap. 
The Baltimore Ravens at the Kansas City Chiefs. What a quarterback matchup this is. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. There's a guy in my fantasy league. You beat me last week. Has both of those quarterbacks. Because we're a two-quarterback league. And, uh, yeah, Mahomes was his keeper from last year. And then he drafted Lamar. And I had the second most, you know what you love when this happens, second most points in the league last week. But the one team I was behind was the team I was playing. Yeah. And really, how are you supposed to beat that tandem right now? Yes, yes. To see them both in this game will be fun. It's noon Sunday on CBS. Man, this noon slate's going to be interesting. We don't have to work. That's nice. Yes, I want to kind of take the the Ravens in an upset here. An upset? Yes, like to win the game, full on upset. Yes, I am wow. on the Lamar Jackson train. You are. Yes, yes. For as much as for much as we've ridiculed him, he's he's gotten so much better. He's playing confident. They have an offense that works for him. Obviously, teams are still scared of his legs. He can still make plays with them. Give me a yeah, yeah. Upset here, Ravens. Still got a good defense. Ravens upset. Okay, if you're calling for the upset, then at the uh, the spread. You are you locking them up? Okay, yes, absolutely, yes. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. And this is sitting five and a half, six right now. We'll call it six, but um You know what? I don't think the Ravens are gonna win, but I am gonna also take them to cover. I think that uh that there there's something going on in Baltimore, and I kinda doubted them at the beginning of the year because I didn't really believe in the quarterback, but you're right. I mean, how do you deny what he's doing? Um. The, yeah, I, I something about me. This game makes me think it's going to be close, and I don't think I still think the Chiefs win. But I will take Baltimore to cover. Yeah, no Kareem Hunt, no uh, Tyreek Hill, and they just continue to roll. The Chiefs are a, a dominant force, and playing at home, I I have comfort that they'll win. I'm not as confident that they uh, that they'll cover the spread, but. Uh, since you guys went the other way, I'll take the Chiefs. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. Oh, it's our guy. Uh, we moved to Sunday night. Uh, yeah, this is Sunday night. Mm-hmm. The Rams at the Browns. Browns getting the primetime treatment early on. Baker Mayfield did not look good on Monday. Night. He's not been good this season. He did not. I mean, I watched that whole game. Browns won comfortably because the Jets are trash, but it, it, Baker was missing throws he was reading coverages correctly he's throwing right mean, in the middle of cover mean, two yeah i mean incorrectly yeah whatever whatever's the wor- the worst version of that yes well yes you say correctly, correctly or incorrect and the way you made it sound like he wasn't doing it correctly so it's incorrectly all right <laughs> yes he yeah he struggled Ooh, ooh. okay 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 um yeah i'm not sold on the browns i'm not sold on the rams either but I think the Rams are just a little bit more polished right now. Aaron Donald's still unstoppable. I think he rattles Baker Mayfield a bit. Rams. Rams got some help last week. Um, a couple things in that game. Obviously, Drew Brees going down did not help the Saints. And then they had that big play that should have been a touchdown for the Saints. Cam Jordan returned that fumble for a touchdown, and it was ruled uh, incomplete on the field. And so when they reversed it, they couldn't award the Saints the touchdown. The referee who made that bad decision, Walt Anderson. Mm. The referee that'll be in Washington on Monday night, Walt Anderson. So you're taking Walt Anderson in this game. I will take Walt Anderson. He's not in this game. He's in the Bears game. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Wasn't paying attention. (laughs) 
No, Walt Anderson. Has you lost me at official stock. Go ahead. Yep, Make your pick. I just, I, <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. Just tuned you right out. Yep, yep. Um, okay. Not terribly impressed with the Browns so far. Not terribly impressed with the Rams, apparently, either. Yeah. Uh, give me the Browns with the points at home, though. Joe? Yeah, I'll go the other direction here. The Browns look good against a bad Jets team, uh, but Baker seems to be locking in on Odell Beckham, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but there are other playmakers on the team. Um, I I think they have a lot going on defensively, and once Miles Garrett figures out how to get to the quarterback without getting penalties, they're going to be even better. But uh, I'll take the more polished team. I'll take the Rams. Miles Garrett was a beast on Monday night. Against the Jets. This is part of the reason why I think the Browns are, may end up winning this game. It's a home game. The crowd's going to be crazy in Cleveland. The Browns have a pass rush. Like, I just look at the matchup. I'm, I don't know why. The Bears Bear, have a good defense. The yeah. Bears-Rams game at Soldier Field last year Talented is popping defense. in my head. Now, it's not going to be that cold. Um, I just, for some reason, I think the Browns keep this close and, and maybe even win. All right, let's get to the, the big one. <laughs> a.m. Saturday. I'll be on the sidelines at Northwestern. So I'm just going to stay out of the way of the analysis. And whoever makes the best argument, I will side with and pick your team. Go. Well, I think Joe's going to pick Wisconsin. Do I have that right? Spoiler alert. <laughs> All right. All right. Number 11, Michigan. At number 13, Wisconsin. Badgers favored by three and a half. Joe, you can go first. So Michigan is not as bad as they've looked. you know. And obviously, as, as a fan of them, it might sound like I'm just trying to defend them just to defend them, but they haven't had their left tackle. They haven't had their best playmaker in Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, those guys get back. I think the bye came at a great time, obviously, not so much for Wisconsin. But you look at the way that this team has played on the road against good and average teams – it just hasn't been, you know, <laughs> it, it's been ugly. They, they've lost to Iowa on the road. They've lost, uh, they've, they went into overtime against Indiana. I think you go to Madison and you're kind of lucky that it's not a night game, but this, to me, um, looks like a game that Wisconsin can control on the ground. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor, he had more rushing yards than Wisconsin had passing yards at the big house last year. I think he stays on the field. He has a, a big game for his Heisman run. Uh, Wisconsin wins and covers. Not a, not a blowout or anything, but I do think uh, Wisconsin is is the team to beat here. Yeah, I think this is more about the fact that Wisconsin is better than we probably all thought than it is Michigan's struggle. I'm not totally buying Michigan's struggles. I watched a lot of that Army game. I, sometimes you just got to throw out games against Army and Navy. It's, it's, a, it's a tough... It's a weird, different game. It's yep. a different game. It's tough to play defense against that, and uh, I don't know if that excuses their issues on offense, but, you know, it was a sleepy 11 a.m. game or noon game out there, whatever. Um, I just think Wisconsin right now, they're, they're loaded on that offensive line, even though they I think they have three new starters. Jonathan Taylor has been amazing. Jack Cohn... Their quarterback, more importantly, is playing a lot better than he looked last year when he would just can the ball to the other team every other play. Um, I just think Wisconsin's rolling. They're coming off a bye, too, so they're going to be healthy at home. I kind of wish this was a night game, not at 11 a.m., but uh, I'll take it. 
and I, I think Wisconsin wins pretty comfortably. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Come on, man. You didn't have to lock it. <laughs> you better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. So you're telling me to take Wisconsin. Double lock. Got it, guys. Joe's face. <laughs> so you took, yeah, you're taking Wisconsin. That's it. All right. We win this game tonight. Adam Hall will be rhetorically dancing in the, with his verbiage. Two outs. Here's Luke Voigt pinch batting. Moving on. Number eight, Auburn at number 17, Texas A&M. The Aggies favored by three and a half in this football game. 2.30 Saturday on CBS. What a doubleheader for CBS this weekend, by the way. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> Oh, sorry, dude. Uh, I will go with, um, you know, at the remote at Houndstooth, I said that Texas A&M is going to be the best 500 team, basically, like, to ever play college football. They play in the toughest division, and they are, you know, their crossover game at the end of the season is against Georgia. But this is actually a game that I think that they can win. Um, This is, like, the one game they have three or four uh, top ten games remaining uh, with Bama still on the schedule, Georgia and uh, finish the season with LSU. I think Kellen Mond has a good game, and that 12th man is going to start drinking right about now for the game. So uh, <laughs> I will take the Aggies at home. Yeah, I just like the Aggies at home, too. Uh, that place is crazy. What a great atmosphere. A&M at home covering three and a half. I'll just take Auburn. Fair enough. You going the other way. Yes. All right. We keeping cat track of these anymore? Uh, I don't think so. Oh. No, 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 no. We are not good. You know, I think Adams had a good season. All right. Uh, it, this last one, I, I'm a little, I don't know what to think of it, but number seven, Notre Dame at number three, Georgia. It's a huge game. Uh, 7 p.m. Saturday on CBS. Game everybody's been looking forward to for a long time. I can't believe that Georgia's a two-touchdown favorite. Yeah, I, I like the Irish to cover. I, I read something today that the average ticket for this game is like the most in demand in like six or seven years. Really? In that, in that, for that stadium down there, or just in the Georgia, whatever, in, in the state. Yeah. In a, in a long time. The average ticket price is $611. This, money. This one keeps going Georgia's way, too. It opened at 10 and a half. Some places, it's up to 15. Oof. Give me the Irish. Give me some Ian Book action. I want to hear Joe's analysis first. Yeah, I'm, I'm not totally sold on Notre Dame being a top 10 team. I just, I, I think Ian Book is a good quarterback. I just don't see enough of the rest of the roster, you know, following suit. Georgia is a really, really good team on both sides of the ball at home. But 14 points, man, that, I, was, I was surprised that it's been bet through all the way to 14 as well. Um, man, if this, if this was an early kickoff, I think Notre Dame could keep it closer, but I think Georgia just pours it on late. Yeah, I, uh, man, I'm struggling with this because I, I, I do think Georgia is much better and really doesn't have many weaknesses. They're at home, but I don't think Notre Dame's that bad. I mean, they kind of get exposed, right, when they get to the college football playoff last year, but, hmm. Something to uh, nah. I'm gonna take Georgia. They're just too good. I'm gonna take Georgia. It's a huge number, but I think they end up covering. So that's what I'm gonna do. This is a tough one. I hope it's a good game, though. I hope I hope Notre Dame does cover. Yeah, because I want to be watching a good football game Saturday night. Uh, all right, good stuff, guys. Joe, good luck on Saturday. Yeah, you know how the Wisconsin Badgers haven't given up a point this year. 
Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, well, that's not going to continue. <laughs> it's positive. All right. So you're looking for, um, you know, any, so you're looking for uh, safety at least. Oh, no way, man. I'm talking about them giving up points on defense, and that's definitely going to end. <laughs> All right. We need to get out of here. Bears, Redskins, Monday Night Football. Should be a fun weekend. We get to watch some football on Sunday. Looking forward to that. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Joe Romano, whenever Michigan scores those points, you can follow him, get his reaction at Joey Joe Rowe on Twitter. Read us at WGNRadio.com, The Athletic, The Athletic app. Please rate and review the podcast. Please tell your friends. Please subscribe if you don't already, if you're a new listener. And be checking out our free episode. No, that's not. We have two free episodes. I could say this correctly, right? Try again. Check out our exclusive episode to athletic subscribers on The Athletic during the week. If you're not subscribing there, you should be. Go check it out. And uh, anything else? Any other final thoughts? No. Should be a good game for the offense. It should be. Should be. Will it be? Ooh. We'll tell you all about it after the game from Washington, D.C. We'll have our post-game episode. That's coming up Monday night. We'll talk to you then. See ya. Hey, we're not done yet. We are excited to share some big news, too. Our team here at The Athletic and our friends at Wondery just launched a brand new daily sports show called The Lead that we want you to know about. The Lead is the first daily sports news podcast that will cover everything from the world stage to the hometown. With the help of The Athletic's more than 400 sports writers, I believe that includes you, Johnsy, Hello. And editors, co-hosts Kavitha Davidson and Anders Kelto will bring you sports news up close and personal each weekday morning. So you're about to hear a preview of The Lead. So subscribe to The Lead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get our show or wherever you get your other podcasts so you don't miss an episode. There's also a link in the episode notes that will take you right there and check out the athletic.com slash the lead to read stories featured on the lead you can follow sports through sound bites or the full story from up in the press box or down on the sidelines what do you want to accomplish this year actually i want to accomplish getting on this team first This fall, a new daily podcast brings you closer to the sports stories that matter. Stories about players. A guy like Zion just represents that hope of the failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy now. That's the buzzer. Oh, he knocks it down. Stories about hometowns. You will see hundreds of people wearing number 32 Simpson jerseys uh, in the stands on Sunday afternoons for a Bills home game. And stories about the teams you love. This was the first chance... For all those baseball fans to see their guys. From The Athletic, home to the best storytelling in sports. And Wondery, the company behind Sports Wars and Gladiator. I'm Kavitha Davidson. And I'm Anders Kelto. Introducing The Lead. Go beyond the box score, five days a week. This isn't a story where you go to some place and interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. Are you kidding me? The lead premieres September 16th on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. The lead. Sports up close. Hey, hey.
I need some more of that.